It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element, Element, Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as ELMNTFM. And then you can listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show Jessica Hinkson, and she is here to talk to us about a new short film that she has worked on and uh, uh, co-worked on, actually, with uh, Laura Norden. And uh, it's called Joey. It's going to be premiering on the uh, Super Channel on November 18th. And uh, I had a chance, of course, to, to see the film. And I, I really, I must admit, in this time of what we're going through right now, we were just talking about this off air, uh, about the, uh, the events happening south of the border and uh, those kind of things. And uh, it put a smile on my face almost immediately. It was very entertaining. And so it's a pleasure to welcome uh, Jessica to the show. Welcome. Hi, thank you. So, you know, it looks, first of all, if you don't mind me saying, it looks like you and Laura have worked on a number of things together. Yes, we also worked on Jessica Jessica, yes, um, which was co-created by myself and Jessica Greco, uh, and it stars both of us. And Laura has a production company with um, Emily Andrews and Jen Pogue, which mm-hmm. is called Film Coop. Yes. So, yeah, we are, we've become like a, a film family. <laughs> and, and I think that shows up in your work, if I'm not mistaken. I think you guys have that that comfort level that is seen in in the films, both uh, uh, Joey and Jessica. Jessica, uh, you know, I, I had a quick look at that as well, and I, and I really must admit, there's a there's a, I get a sense of that familiarity that you guys know each other and have this really good relationship and working together with. And and if I don't, if you don't mind me saying, choosing the word relationship. It looks like that is something that you guys like to focus on. Is that fair to say? <laughs> it is absolutely fair to say. Yeah. I mean, we kind of really pull from our lives. And then mm. obviously for the sake of story, it changes because mm. what happens in our real lives is maybe not necessarily so interesting. Um, or, you know, it doesn't really serve the main theme of the story, but we as storytellers are influenced by what happens in our lives and relationships, uh, not going to lie. They're, they're a big thing. And, and you don't hold back in showing the messy side of those relationships. No, I know. We really (laughs) go there (laughs) because, you know, uh, I think that what we have realized um, through being in the industry for a long time and also the way that storytelling has evolved for women mm. um, over the years is that our stories matter. And, you know, we're not always these neat, pretty packages. Mm-hmm. We're, we're messy too. And we also grieve and we also make mistakes. We uh, do things that, you know, aren't great you know we behave poorly too and then we have to kind of reevaluate ourselves and Mm. I mean it's it's really we are all the things like all human beings and I think to just categorize women like we used to see a lot of the times it's that has shifted and it's continuing to shift and uh, I'm happy that our stories get to be a part of that 
and if you know what I'm saying, the other thing that comes out of the stories to me is fun. There's a sense of fun in them, of course. Yeah. But yeah. the honesty, and that's the messy side of, of the relationships, I guess I was talking about, that honesty that you guys really do a good job of bringing. And what I mean by that when I say honesty, it, it's for both the male and the female, the honesty mm-hmm. that you that you show um, in in those relationships and in really uh, little moments. But it's, it's yeah, you, you guys really do a good job of that. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, to say that like women or men are just one thing is not true, right? We're all so many things. We're all complex human beings and, you know, so many layers are in there and live in the fascia of all of our bodies. And so I think that that is um, something that we do really try to focus on and to really give power to each character in the story to live as opposed to just being one note. And so I'm so glad that uh, you have noticed that. That Mm. means a lot. Well, you know, the other thing, of course, uh, we haven't really said much about you yourself, but you're, uh, you've worked uh, in the Canadian showbiz scene and uh, you, you are uh, part of the uh, original and co-creation of Charlie and Yanni, uh, which uh, was on the CBC Comedy uh, Coup and uh, competition in 2014. And yep. um, also, you've gone on to, of course, to do other things and... Um, you're you've, you're an editor. You're you're a creator, a storyteller, and a multi award winning uh, short film uh, for the Jessica Jessica as well. Yep, I keep busy. You know, when I started acting, uh, what was it? I went to theater school in New York City at the Neighborhood Playhouse in 1999, mm. and that's actually where I met Jessica Greco, who I did Jessica Jessica with. Right. Just let's say another Jessica for fun. Um, and, uh, and so through that, you know, at that time it was like, well, I'm an actor, I, you know, and I want to be taken seriously as an actor, but then they're kind of the invitation. And again, talking about how things have evolved in the industry for everyone is that you no longer just have to be one thing. Mm. You know, everybody is for the most part, I would say doing multiple roles Mm. and, you know, is creating, is acting, is producing, mm-hmm. is writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of producers are stepping into directing. And, you know, and I think it's amazing because we're creative artists. And so we're not just limited to one category, uh, nor should we be. Because the thing about being an artist and having a creative soul is like, there's so many places and um uh, like creative worlds that we want to dip into and we should be able to have the freedom to do that. And, and we do have that now. And I, I would say uh, it's uh, what was it? It was a filmmaker who I was listening to um, uh, in a, a conversation, like, cause everything's virtual right now. Mm. And she was saying that she's in a poly relationship with her art. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. That metaphor, right? yes to that metaphor, because I really am in a poly relationship with my art, and uh, it's such a great way to sort of look at it, it for me anyway. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, on, along with that, why would anyone in any form, any art, it's like if you are 
and it doesn't have to be a creative uh, art form. If you start working in a in a, a business that you've gone to school for, you're going to start out uh, somewhere near the bottom or as the entry level, and you're going to grow and you're going to develop and you're going to move up in that that organization. Why is that any different in the arts where you have someone that starts out in acting, interested in acting, but they're going to grow, they're going to develop, they're going to get new ideas, which would then propel them, want to expand their uh, their horizons and try different things and exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Makes perfect exactly. sense. I agree with you. Just the natural growth of things, I guess. Yes, 100%. <laughs> You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as ELMNTFM and then listen on your device of choice. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My guest here on Moment of Truth is Jessica Hinson, Hinkson. And uh, she is here talking about a new short film that she has made, along with her uh, her, her co-writer and co-producer, uh, Laura Norden. And it's called Joey. It's going to premiere on the Super Channel on November 18th at 11 p.m. And uh, it was a pleasure. We haven't really spoken about this film yet, Jessica, but I have to tell you that um, you know, I started watching this and right away, uh, the way it is set up and it looked like it was filmed on the West Coast for me because uh, there was a bridge and and it just looked to me like an Oriental bridge from, from the West Coast. That's what I thought of when I saw it. I don't know if it was filmed in the West Coast, but that's what I thought of. Uh, you know what? That's so interesting. No, we shot in Toronto. Mm. Uh, just north of Bloor West, there's a, a gorgeous park that I had not ever been to. Uh, I don't think Laura, my co-director, had been there either. Mm. And so when we went on the location scout, we just sort of arrived there and we were like, this is so beautiful. And also we shot... Um, I think it was Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. And so for the flowers to be in bloom still and for the gardens right. to be as fruitful as they were was kind of a rare thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though everyone's having a great time in the film, it was freezing and it was <laughs> <laughs> raining, and, you know, but it was a wedding day. And mm. so, you know, we were, we were lucky in the sense that the garden looked as beautiful as it did. And because of the gray skies and the rain, it actually sort of, elevated the colors mm. Mm. Um, of the park itself. Mm. And then the flowers um, that were around the gazebo and, you know, the boutonniere for Trey uh, played by Daniel Stolfi was all done by our producer, Jen Polk, because mm. she's also a part-time florist. <laughs> mm. So we had a, we had a really great time um, filming in that park for 12 hours. It was an <laughs> ambitious day. I'm not going to lie. We could have used like the weekend right. to um, but yeah, the bridge and the maple trees and everything. I mean, it was just sort of surreal <laughs> on top of making a surreal film. <laughs> yes, exactly. And- yeah, and, and, yeah. And just like being able to, it was kind of like a, a little amusement park, you know, in, in hidden away <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, you allude to a couple of things that you kind of show up in your film saying amusement park, uh, especially with, you know, the, I I don't want to give all these things away, but it's such a, a gem of a film in terms of uh, uh, how you guys present it 
and how it starts off, you know, of course, so so sort of normal. And and it, the first hint that something isn't quite right, I guess, was the 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 um, bride to be when she was on the bridge and the way she was framed. And then she does this kind of an odd movement with her leg and and bends her body back. And I just kind yeah. of went, what what's going on? This is weird. Like, and uh, sort of that set it up for me. And then um, and it it took off from there, of course. And it's a dream within a dream, and and uh, you know you really get. Um, that whole thing about this wedding that uh, is going wrong for for the bride to be, uh, and of course, <laughs> it's just the way she um, ends up, uh, you know, just going off into these weird weird things, and then uh, it, it, the things happen. I mean, the car, the little car going up oh, the, the hill. Car. Oh my god. Yeah. Hilarious. Deserves a round of applause, doesn't it? It does. That whole thing. <laughs> How was it to work with the actors, putting them into these situations, and say, "Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to try and get this little car to go up this hill, and it's not going to cooperate." Uh, not honestly, though, right? I mean, what was going through their brains? Yeah. the The good news is is that Lucy Guest, mm. who plays Joey, um, is like one of my favorite mm. comedy, you know, mm. talent. And we also, she's a friend of mine. We did Charlie and Yoni together mm. back in 2014. And, you know, I said to her, I'm writing this piece for you. It's going to be very strange. But because of the type of comedy that, you know, I mean, Lucy's range is, is great. Mm. But she can do something very specific like Joey. Mm. And I needed somebody to be able to do what Lucy can do. Because it's. It's pulled back. I mean, you're really getting to hear the character Joey's inner thoughts mm. and experience mm-hmm. that as an audience member, which is also rare. And, you know, uh, Lucy brings this gravitas to her comedy. Uh, it's not, a, it's not easy, mm. but she just was there. She was, we had conversations leading up to the shoot. You know, I sent her tone references and, uh, because I don't really like on the nose um, sort of uh, stuff. I mean, I appreciate that kind of comedy, but for this specific film and what we were doing, uh, it was not something that, you know, if it was on the nose, then it would have been like, Oh God, what are they doing? Mm. Um, so Daniel Stolfi, who plays Trey, um, you know, is also an amazing comedy guy here <laughs> in Toronto. And he's just like, you know, like Lucy, a very yes person, mm. a yes to everything you say, a yes to everything you suggest. And Dan Stolfi had done a one-man show called Cancer Can't Dance Like This mm. based on his experience and journey through cancer, mm. who I, I believe is now 10 years plus uh, cancer-free. Nice. But I saw that he had some moves in this show. Mm. And I had actually written the opening to be a little bit different, but we weren't able to do that for many reasons. And I remembered that Daniel could dance. Mm. And so I called him and I said, how would you feel if this is how you kind of escorted yourself down the aisle? Because, you know, you think you're a diamond. Mm. And he said, Jess, I have been waiting for somebody to ask me to dance. Wow. Yes. (laughs) And so I was like, amazing, you know, and then he just went for it as you saw yeah he gave us so much and you know tegan vince katie messina ronnie Rowe. i remember giving ronnie Rowe a direction and he just sort of 
there was a moment where he was like, I have no idea what she's talking about, but then he just went and did it anyway. (laughs) That's all you can ask for. Right. You know, uh, when you are working on a film like this, you know, that you have an ensemble who's ready to just go for it and uh, commit to it because it's really how the story is going to get told. If people are pulled back and they're Mm not Mm -hmm. going, then, then we're in trouble, but Mm -hmm. that's not what happened. And uh, we really, I remember Laura and I sitting in our first editing session with Jessica Grayor, who is our lovely editor. And Laura and I were coming from other meetings and we're eating dinner and we're watching the film. And that first shot of Lucy on the bridge, we both choked on our dinner because we were laughing so hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) we were both nervous because we're like, oh my God, we went and shot this really weird, <laughs> surreal, absurd kind of film. Do we, you know, do we have a story? And then we, as soon as we saw that, we were like, oh, the brilliant Lucy guest, mm. you know, these awkward moves yep. and uh, nailed it. We're good. We're right. good. We got a film. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You said it right there. Awkward. And that's what she does. She makes it look awkward, but does a really good job of just going through those those moves uh in such a natural way uh at the same time and it just pulls you right in she did a great job yeah oh thank you i mean yeah i totally agree with you i think she's brilliant and also just a little inside scoop when we were filming you know at one point i had to kick my co-director out (laughs) because she couldn't stop laughing because lucy (laughs) You know, I mean, she just gives you so many different variations and varieties of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to working with Lucy at this point. So I kind of know yeah. where she's going to go. I mean, I have no idea what she's going to do, but I know that she's going to give you a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people were, our crew was laughing so hard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was the other great thing was that at the end of, of the shoot, the crew thanked us mm-hmm. because they got to have so much fun. Mm-hmm. And to work on something that was not only different, but they just said this was just so fun to do, you know, so that felt really good. I bet. I bet. I I can understand that. It would have been a lot of fun to be on that shoot and try not laughing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you you, you talked about Lucy giving you so much, but she does it in such a very low key way that works so well in this film. Right. That's that was part of the selling or not selling of it. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. It was all intentional. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Yeah. Very nicely done. And and it is beautifully shot. Very nicely shot, of course. Yeah, Gabriella Osio-Vanden was our cinematographer, and she has a way, I've worked with her a couple of times now, um, but she has a way of making everything so beautiful. Even if it was a dark drama, Mm-hmm. There is an element of beauty that she brings with her mad cinematographer Mm. skills Mm. to every project that she works on. And uh, working with her is really a gift. I mean, I I adore her. I told her I do not want to share you with anybody. (laughs) I just want to keep it for myself. I realize it's selfish and not realistic, but I'm just saying it out loud right now. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, when we, even on our lunch break, you know, Gabriella and I were running around the park getting inserts and getting extra shots. And, you know, that's the other thing too, when you're, when you're on these indie shoots is like making sure that you have enough footage right? and, and sort of, you know, going around and, and working on your lunch hours or your breaks, because you literally 
from the moment you start shooting or setting up for your shoot are running against time. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, uh, it's, it's like a, a race really. Um, and it's a great race. And then you crash after and right. sleep for like a day. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of, of what you guys do uh, from what I see is that music plays a really strong part in, in, in the films that you guys make. Yeah. So for Jessica, Jessica, um, we had Art Deco, who is actually Lucy Guest's brother, mm. Art, um, from BC. And he's, he's kind of like, I would say like an Iggy pop meets David Bowie, <laughs> you know, I don't know. He's amazing. Uh, and if you haven't listened to art deco, I highly recommend him. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we got to use art deco and it just works so perfectly with, uh, with Jessica, Jessica. And mm. then Joey, um, we, had Janelle Betchold, who was our composer. And then we had three songs from the one and only Canadian artist, Lily Frost. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, her music has been featured on Grey's Anatomy working moms, like a ton of, of TV shows and films. And I've actually known Lily for a very long time. Mm. And I have always been a fan of her music. I mean, she's just, again, she's kind of, one of those people who continues to evolve and change and she can do so many variations mm. musically. Mm. And I, I think she's brilliant and listening to those songs. I just, they felt so perfect for Joey. And I think actually amplified the story. And the, one of the songs we got was actually a theme song that Lily had written for being Erica. Mm. Mm, right. Uh, and, uh, but it was just too perfect. It's the, the butt up, butt bum, mm -hmm. uh, that you hear every time she goes into her own little daydream, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. you know, and you get, a, you laugh every time. And I, and I laugh still, and I've seen my film so many times because it was just too perfect. And we really, you know, Janelle Batchold, really yes ended us in a way that surpassed my expectations mm. and uh she's brilliant to work with mm. and um you know we had we just had such a great team mm. like everybody involved really came on board uh including my executive producer Lauren Grant from Clique Pictures right we're almost out of time, but I want to ask a couple couple of questions just before we finish up. One was, what were you hoping uh, to achieve from the film, this Joey? And secondly, um, what were you hoping the audience would take away? Those are great, excellent questions. I, you know, I was hoping, I think that with the two questions that you asked me, I think it's kind of the answer similar mm -hmm. in that, I think a lot of the time, uh, and also how about this, uh, year 2020, mm. um, where you kind of come to a crossroads in your life. And for many of us, we come to many crossroads throughout our lifetime. And there's always one than more, uh, more than one option available to us in which path we can go. And do we follow our heart? and listen to our guts or do we do what we think we should do and be like the good mm. person? Mm. 
And we can't predict the outcome. We certainly can't control it. There's very little that we can control in our lives. And I think the resolve that Joey kind of arrives to by the end is because she keeps trying to wake up and she keeps trying to stop it. Mm -hmm. But the universe kind of keeps letting her know, like, this isn't done yet. And I think, so what she arrives to is, is what I was saying is that, okay, you know what? Fine. You're going to take me down this journey. Then let's go. All right. Mm -hmm. I am here and clearly I can't control it. So, and the more that I do try to control it, the more the obstacles keep coming up and arriving. So I just got to step back and let it be and let the universe take me where I'm supposed to go. Mm. And I think, you know, in regards to 2020, we keep trying to define what the new normal is, but the deal is we don't know because we haven't been here before and the virus is not finished yet. And, you know, everything kind of seems surreal where, you know, a lot of, we're just sort of like, can we, can I wake up? When am I going to wake up? This isn't really happening. And, you know, maybe that sort of moved for people now because we've been in this pandemic for a while, Mm. but it just, we haven't had to wear masks when we go out in public. We haven't had to, you know, keep six feet apart at the least when we go to the grocery store or any of that sort of stuff. And so I think, um, you know, it's the same sort of thing where we just sort of have to keep tuned in and listening and going, all right, well, I can't control this. So like in life, I got to just step back and uh, I got to ride the wave. <laughs> right. You know, that's an interesting point because uh, somehow eluding or, or reaching out to that underlining feeling of distancing in our lives, you know, that, that's kind of what this Joey alludes to, that distancing of, I can't go through with this, you know, that, that, yeah. I, I can't commit. I can't do this. I, I need to keep that six feet of distance. So, it, you know, in, in a sense, it, it kind of make maybe, it, you know, reaches in there somewhere. And, and maybe that's what the familiarity is about it, even though it's done in, in such a, a wonderful, beautifully shot, very humorous, uh, very uh, dreamlike and somewhat uh, disjointed uh, kind of way that entertains us right from the beginning to the end of this very short film. And you do it in such a very short, about five, five, six minutes or so, right? It's a little bit longer, but I love that you think it's five minutes. That's I'm, great. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just did a couple of interviews with people that did five-minute films, so I'm getting mixed no, up, okay. so I apologize. No, there's nothing to apologize for. It means that it clips through mm. quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if it felt like it was 20 minutes, we'd be in trouble. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but you know, I take that as a compliment. It's all good. Well, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you and and, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us on the show as well as wishing you all the best with this film, Joey, and the premiere coming up on Super Channel on November 18th and, and all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. It's been a delight talking to you. Likewise. Thank you so much once again. Okay. That's Jessica Hinkson, and she is uh, one of the co-creators of the film Joey. As I mentioned, it's going to be premiering on the Super Channel on November 18th. That's this part of the program. Please don't go away because we're going to have more coming up right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.
Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app and then type in 106.5 ELMNT-FM or 95.7 ELMNT-FM and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show... Jennifer Kreisberg, and she is a singer-songwriter and uh, was part of the uh, trio of beautiful voices known as Eulali, and uh, I am a big fan of Eulali, I have to tell you right now. Uh, I've always loved the vocal performances and the writing that uh, that Eulali came up with, so it's, it's a great pleasure to welcome Jennifer to the show. Jennifer, say go. Bye. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> hey, well, I, I have maybe I'll, I, I do have to tell you something. Uh, we did meet a long time ago when you were performing with you, Ali. I've, I've met you guys a couple of times, and I can't remember all the the places that we met. Uh, but I did. I was working for a radio station on Six Nations at the time, and I asked you guys, "Hey, would you mind giving us a station ID?" And I was incredible. I shouldn't have been surprised, but. You guys just looked at each other and broke into three-part harmony of a, 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 you said, what what were the call letters of the station? And you guys just whipped it off in no time at all. It was amazing. And uh, obviously that was uh, something you guys were were, uh, used to being asked, and it was all so beautifully done. And, And I'll always remember that. But we also had the chance to meet when I was working at, at APTN, um, and I don't remember where, but I know I was uh, following some events, and you guys were were uh, performing at those events as well. So it's nice to connect with you again, because if truth be told, Jennifer, and don't tell anybody, please, I've always had a bit of a crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, David, I get that a lot. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. No, I don't. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, you know, Jennifer, you're here to talk to us about uh, um, something you're involved with, with APTN, speaking of APTN, and that is the Amplify series. And your uh, your uh, episode, episode 11 uh, of this series, is is airing, and uh, you you actually get quite a few other people involved with this. And I know we've had other uh, people on for this Amplify series. And the idea is that they approach uh, someone like yourself and they say, let's get a song, a, an original song, something that you haven't done. And you're going to create that. It's going to be filmed. The whole process is going to be filmed. And then so you get to see the process of the song being made as well as the story as it unfolds. And then the video and the performances at the end of this. And it's a, it's a wonderful series. So congratulations being part of this, first of all. Thank you. Yeah, it was. I was really shocked that I was invited to be a part of it. Pleasantly surprised. Mm. And um, I thought the concept was amazing. And it was just nice that, that anyone was really willing to take a look at the X factor of Tuscarora people. There's always been this like X factor about Tuscarora people, South and North. So I thought it was pretty cool. What do you mean by that X factor? Um, well, it, that's a few ways, right? Every, everywhere you Lali went back in the day, mm. especially back in the day, people were like, you know, what nation are you? You're not even, what tribe are you? Mm. And 
That's how back in the day we were, <laughs> right? And people would just be like, what's a Tuscarora? Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. What is that? Mm. And then um, there's that part of it. And then there's the X factor of, we didn't know there were any still left in North Carolina, mm. and, which actually still happens today, even among the communities. Mm. And... Uh, so it, that's the X factor I'm talking about. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, there's, is there another element of this involved as well? And that is that, that, uh, the, the uh, mixing of the indigenous with, with black culture. And I believe that's part of your heritage. That is a part of my heritage. Yeah. Yes. But I, um, the conversations that are happening around that now in Indian country are, weird to me mm. and they don't seem to really be asking the people their experience at least not on the east coast our experiences on the east coast and i'm speaking very generally because i can't speak for everybody mm-hmm. are different than people that are these mixtures happened hundreds of years ago right mm-hmm. during slavery times yeah so the narrative that's happening now feels to me pretty performative. Everybody's posting pictures of themselves with their one black friend. <laughs> it's just a strange time. It feels very minstrel showy. I can't wait till till we're just able to just accept that there mm. are Indians that have black blood, just like there mm. are Indians that have white blood. Mm. Yeah, right. And it's not a big deal. Right. So your episode uh, of Amplify, uh, episode 11, if I have this, if I'm saying this correctly, Skaru Ri and Song, is that? Yes, okay. that's close enough. Skaru okay. and Song. Skaru yeah. and Song. Okay. So tell us about that. Tell us about when you were approached. Uh, you said you were pleasantly surprised. Uh, then what went through your mind and, and where did you, what did you decide to do? Well, I'll be, I'll be really, really brutally honest. I never thought me alone as an individual was interesting enough mm. for a whole show or an, or an episode of a show. Mm. So that, that was what was shocking. Mm. And, um, you know, being a part of a group for so many years, starting when I was a teenager, I yeah. started with you Lali when I was 17. Yeah. So just to be kind of looked at as an individual, it was really shocking mm. to me. And then I was like, am I really interesting enough? And then they were like, well, the producer, the director, excuse me, was like, no, no, no. The, you know, the, the stories that you all have and, and what you come from is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, in her opinion, it was. Nice. So it just sort of that seed, she planted that seed and we went from there. And then Brenda Hill is someone who I've been friends with for years and she's now up there. She just moved back there a couple of years ago. Up there, back there? You mean the Six Nations? Yes, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't, aren't you all psychic? Yeah, and I met her down here in the States years ago. Didn't even know, she, we didn't even know each other was Tuscarora. We just got along. She's just a cool chick. Mm. And then we found all those things out later. And um, her work is just exemplary Mm -hmm. like she does museum quality Mm -hmm. next level Mm -hmm. uh pottery very very inspired and Mm -hmm. rooted in the earth Mm -hmm. like for real Mm -hmm. and and we just got along and then so you know the the director was like you know we want to you know we want to show this connection and between north and south south and north 
and then uh, Sadie Buck and the Six Nations women singers are just old, old buddies. We yeah. started bumping into them. You, Lali, started bumping into them. God, over 20, mm. well over 20 years ago, mm. probably 25 something years ago. I don't remember. Right. Just on the road doing mm-hmm. the same gigs, right. sharing venues and uh, through the Smithsonian. And then we worked on a project out of Banff called Aboriginal Women's Voices. Mm-hmm. And through the years, we just were friends because they're cool ladies <laughs> and very funny. Yeah. And um, that somehow made sense to become a part of of the episode. It's really just about the natural connections that that we make. Some of them have always been there. And in my experience, it's been through music and mm. from what I've been taught by people down south and a couple people up north is that these are old connections and there were Haudenosaunee villages all the way down through Virginia Mm. pre-contact times Mm. and I don't know what that means with the eastern door and all that stuff but that was there and those connections were there Mm. yeah not to mention I was going to say that you know the powerhouse voice of Sadie Buck I mean she could literally blow the walls off any place right Oh, yes. Just with a look. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> she doesn't even have to sing. You're right. But that's great. You've got to, that you have uh, Sadie Buck and the Six Nations singing, uh, women singers in there, uh, as well as Brenda. And it's interesting, but you also have Dwayne Brayboy. And, and I'm wondering, how, why, did you think, why did you think to bring all of them together for this? Well, that wasn't me. That was the Oh, is that the, Michelle the St. John, the, the director? Yeah, okay. Michelle St. John is the yep. director. The The thing was is what we actually talked about first was them going to North Carolina mm. and showing my home community down there. Right. But there just wasn't a budget. Right. And then there's always this annoying, irritating thing about the freaking border. Mm. And they were like, well, you know, everything kind of needs to take place in Canada because of funding and then Mm. people will talk and, you know, Mm. people are always going to have something to say. Right. Mm. And, and, you know, we can as individuals and citizens of our nations talk about that's not our border. That's, but the reality is the border exists, right. In terms of doing projects and Mm -hmm. working. Mm -hmm. So Dwayne is actually my cousin Ah. and Putafe's cousin. Mm. And we just figured we needed to have, a little bit something else from North Carolina besides just me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he is a language keeper and and he is a knowledge keeper. He mm. knows a lot of stuff. He knows history, genealogy, all of the things. My very shy cousin, this was his first time in front of the camera in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so but he, he needed to be there. Mm. He needed to be there. It was mm. important to have his voice there. And so what do we see happening? I know that uh, part of what you do is you, you are paddling along the Grand River. Uh, and I know that's part of what you're doing. How, what did you do to develop something musical that went along with what you were doing? Um, it was just my usual process mm. uh, that Michelle wanted to show mm. of um, song building. I had originally wanted to get some friends of mine to produce it, but... They were busy mm. making their own album. Mm-hmm. They're just busy people. And then there wasn't really anyone else I felt comfortable enough to work with. Mm-hmm. So I just ended up doing it by myself. Oh, really? 
Okay. Which with the engineer, who's a really sweet guy, but it's a lot of hard work when your voice is the only instrument. Oh. It's like just, it was like all day. I was very tired the next day like singing. There's just, there's no, you know, there's a hand drum, yeah. but there's no other like bass or, right. or guitar or, or cello or, you know, just anything to help support and yes. carry it. I, yes. That was really, I probably wouldn't have made that choice if I, if I did it again, it was just so much work in the context of it all. Uh, now, Dreaming. so that's interesting. You have Sadie Buck and the Six Nations Women Singers. Are they featured in it at all in terms of their musical performance? Yeah, we do. I don't want to give it all away, but no, yeah, no, sure. we they we do do some singing together. Mm-hmm. But that was at um, Charlene Bomberry's house. Ah, okay, okay. You mentioned cello. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But before you, we, we do, I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and anywhere across the country if you download the Radio Player Canada app. Type in one of those two coordinates as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it is a pleasure to let you know that with me here on the show is Jennifer Kreisberg. She is a, a singer, a songwriter, and she is Tuscarora. Uh, she currently is on the line with us in from Virginia, I believe. Is that is that what you said? I am in Connecticut, Connecticut. but it might as well be Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Trump land right now. <laughs> okay. Help, uh, well, don't get. Us. Let's not go there, right? Let's not go there. I know, sorry. No, no worries, no worries. It, it's all over the place, and and it's you know we're all dealing with with those those issues. And uh, so we're talking to, with Jennifer about her episode of Amplify, which is airing on the 19th of November in English, but it, it previously aired in Ojibwe and on APTN, on uh, Amplify, and on AmplifyTV.ca as well. And her episode is Skaruri and Song is the name of the episode. And she is in there featured with herself as well as Brenda Hill, uh, Dwayne Brayboy, and Sadie Buck and the Six Nations Singers. Um, and it was directed by Michelle St. Jean. And uh, so it's a pleasure to have uh, Jennifer on the, uh, on the line with us so that we can flesh more about this. Now, Jennifer, you mentioned uh, you know, that, that in the performance of this, there's no other instruments. It's your voice. There's a hand drum accompanying you. And, uh, and it was a long process to do. But I have to say that you did do something with, with one of my favorite cello players a number of years ago, Chris Dirksen. You did do a song with her. Yes, we've done a couple of songs. Yeah. And actually, we just now, I think it's going to go live in a week or two, mm-hmm. did some collaborating for the Indigenous Fashion Week Toronto oh, cool. launch. Ah, nice. So if you want to hear more of that collaboration, you can <laughs> tune into that. <laughs> That's great. Um, so how did you find the process of being uh, watched uh, with cameras as you went through, as you say, your regular Horrifying. process? Horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll be honest. I was having, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was having a, a hard time at that time. Mm. There were some changes going on in my life mm. and it is all over my face mm. on this episode. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you can see it. And it's just really, I just tried to ignore the camera, mm. but 
it is not my it is not my bag. It is not my thing oh. to be on camera, but it's just a part of what we do and it's a part of the world now. That- and if you have any insecurities or stuff like I do, like I guess most of us do, it's it's ultra challenging. Mm. But it is what it is. That somewhat surprises me given that you you are a seasoned performer. You know, you you you're not new to the stage. You've been doing this for for quite some time and uh and, and so I'm surprised you you say that uh, that it's that you you know had had difficulty with that side of it. Even though I completely understand it as well, uh, I have been told many times that I wear my emotions on my sleeve or all over my face as well. So I hear you. <laughs> no poker face. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what else have you got going on besides this? What's new, what's new? What's coming up? Uh, you mentioned uh, this with the uh, Fashion Week with with uh, Chris Dirksen that you you've done something with it, which is great. What about yourself though? What about projects? Uh, I actually have more coming up than I thought. I'm getting ready to head into a residency mm. to write uh, in Cleveland for a month. And then I'm hoping that whatever I write, I'll be able to record shortly thereafter. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. That would be for my own right. project. And then I'm doing another project with cousin Dwayne from the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's more just for our home community okay. and on language reclamation. Mm. And then just with songs because I'm not a speaker. I'm learning, but I'm not a speaker. Mm. And um, and then uh, just features on Friends stuff. I got to work with a tribe called Red Again. Oh, nice. The Bros. So a song on their next album, which I really like. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Working with them is a lot of fun. Mm. I like the second song we did or the third song now that we did. Mm. <laughs> We're getting ready to head back into lockdown. Yeah. More mm. homeschooling. I mean, honestly, on a you know, it's been challenging to shift gears. Mm. I was supposed to head up to Toronto like a a month or no, a couple weeks after lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. So all of that got erased. So I'm just trying to rejig everything and, and rework it. And then Brenda and I are doing a project together. Oh, uh, that's a, a, an, a multidisciplinary, whatever yeah. they call it. You yes. know, the terms I do, I do uh, collaboration. Yes. And then, um, that's it. Just that list is overwhelming. Oh, and I, how I've been, putting food on the table is composing for films and a little bit for TV. So last year I got an Emmy nomination, which was awesome and totally unexpected for a film that I did the music for called Dawnland, and uh, which is about residential schools and the first truth and reconciliation Mm. thing that ever happened in the States. Mm. And um, that was with Wabanaki people. Mm. And then I've, I've got, I can't remember. All these films are coming out that I've either had music placements in or done the music for. So it, that's really exciting. I actually love doing that. It's a lot of hard work, though. Mm. It's a lot of hard work because, you know, you can hand in tons of stuff and filmmakers will be like, mm, you know, can sure. you tweak this? Or, you know, so it's <laughs> it's just hard work, but of it's course. a collaborative process and yeah. I like collaborating. Right. 
Speaking of which, and speaking of the fact that you've been writing a lot of music for or getting in films and things like that, other projects, what is your musical background in terms of of being able to to write in in in, in those genres? Um, the only real musical background I have is Eula Lee. I've had no real formal training. Both of my parents were musicians. Mm-hmm. They met at a music college in Connecticut, mm. and. So I kind of grew up with that around the house. My mom was a classically trained opera singer and Mm. my dad did all the woodwind stuff Mm. and became a music teacher actually. Mm. And, but I myself was never really, I just started singing with a powwow drum Mm. when I was 16 here in Connecticut. And then I, my cousin pulled me into Eulali when I was 17 Mm. And then I did a few semesters of college and I was like, Mm-mm, I want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really how I got my, my training was mm. just th- through singing itself. I don't know how to read music yet. Wow. So I just do everything by ear. Mm. And when I compose, I, I just compose orally. Mm. And we have the technology to do that now. I yes, just make too. little voice recordings on my phone and, and then I go from there. Right. And then if I'm working with classical or or other instruments that need to be in specific tunings, yep. there's ways around that too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not hard. I, I composed the way our ancestors did for a bajillion years all over the planet <laughs> before, yeah, right. before some, some Western European decided to put it into a box. Yes, exactly. Now, speaking of which, you say your mom was a trained operatic singer. That's very yeah. interesting. What did she think of you going into the, uh, you know, the traditional singing of your ancestors and picking that up? She was, my parents were very quiet because mm. I dropped out of college. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, at first they were like, mm, okay. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and they did the opposite. They started off grooming for musical careers and then, yeah. you know, got pregnant with mm-hmm. me you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so and then changed their lives and got regular jobs and right. um they made a huge sacrifice for me and my brother yeah and um they were just quiet and but they were always very supportive they still are yeah i'd be asked out without my parents they they um they're both of them and and um they just they watch my son when I need to go away. When I'm not, I try to take him with me everywhere. But mm-hmm. when I'm not, able, when it's just not feasible, mm-hmm. they watch him. And my mom managed Yulali for a few years. Mm. Poor mom, she still hasn't recovered. <laughs> and um, you know, we they they're they're all in. Yeah. I have had two loving parents. Yeah. I am lucky, 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 lucky. And so. After you, Lali, started to perform and come out with these wonderful, lovely recordings and and you know performances, uh, how did that change in in your mom's eyes at all in terms of what you were doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she there were she was just happy. <laughs> I mean, we're not the type of family that that um, all these things are understood. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're loved is understood. Sure. The fact that you're supported is understood. So, yeah, mm-hmm. she her her show of support was coming to 
manage the group for free. She never got paid mm. and she made sure we were all taken care of and protected. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, coming back to your episode of Amplify, uh, Skaruri Song and Song, Skaruri and Song. Skaruri uh, and Song. Skaruri, thank you. Close uh, enough. <laughs> now, part of that story is is about following the Tuscarora War of 1710. What, what does that What is that about? I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, well, that's and that's the point of the episode too. That's part of the X factor. Mm. Um, people act like Tuscarora history started when uh, when the people that made it up north moved up north, mm-hmm. and anything before that is a big X factor, mm. and anything after that in North Carolina is a big X factor. Mm. But anyways, the Tuscarora War was the culmination of years and years of Tuscarora people dealing with colonists. And that's putting it nicely. Mm. And what was happening was, this is all on historical record, the colonists were encroaching, as they did, all over. And they needed to, in order to open up westward expansion, Tuscaroras were actually holding that up. It is my understanding that we were big bullies (laughs) before the colonists came. And so it was easy for them to garner support from some of the sister tribes. To be like, hey man, we'll get rid of the Tuscaroras if you help us. And you'll get guns and all the things. Mm-hmm. And then what you know how that story went. That's yep. pretty much what they did everywhere. Right. Um, after their diseases ran through first. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was is just so many people were getting kidnapped and trafficked. And there were even belts that were sent up north to plead for help. Uh, about that exact thing, you know, people, their children, they were taking kids a lot mm, mm. and women mm. and men too. And, uh, you know, it was a, it's kind of like how it is now. It's just a virulent, uh, capitalism, mm. very, it's like a virulent virus. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that is what precipitated the war is can you please mm. stop stealing our kids <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and selling them as slaves and sex slaves. Mm. And, um, that's, that's like the overall quick version. Mm. And then there was a war and then there was a last holdout called Neoharuge. And that was a fort that the people built and, um, they ended up getting burned out. There was over 900, uh, mostly Tuscaroras, and I think there was one gentleman from Africa who was living amongst and helping out and who had escaped mm. uh, enslavement in one of the plantations. But back in those days, there were whole plantations of indigenous slaves mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just free human labor is free human labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trafficking sure. is trafficking. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they basically just burned the whole place out. Mm. And it was actually the biggest massacre on record. I'm mm. sure there were bigger ones where more people died, but this is the biggest one on a record. Mm. So, but and nobody talks about that either. But honestly, this isn't the Oppression Olympics and it kind of doesn't matter. And it's really just about people understanding why the people that moved north moved north. Right. And why some of us stayed. Okay, Jennifer, we're going to have to leave it there, but it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and catching up. (laughs) Happy joy. Yep. (laughs)
And and congratulations on this episode and, and congratulations on all the projects you're involved with. Thank you. And thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, Jimmy Wetch. It's been a while, so I'm sorry for all the unprofessional things I said. <laughs> Jennifer, thanks again. And, and really, Nyamagoa, uh, for joining us, Jimmy Gwetch. And it's been a real pleasure catching up with you uh, once again. Hope to see you soon. Okay. Likewise. Stay okay. safe, you all. You too. That's Jennifer Kreisberg. We were talking to her about her episode, episode 11 of Amplify and uh, Skarura and Song is is episode 11. And that will be airing on November 19th on APTN in English. It did air earlier in Ojibwe. And you can also catch that on AmplifyTV.ca. And Amplify is a musical performance uh, documentary series that amplifies the connection of Indigenous songwriters that have uh, the stories, the culture, community, and the challenges and justice they stand up for. And it's been a pleasure speaking with her about that. And by the way, uh, Jennifer's episode of Amplify, as I said, it's going to air on Friday at 8 p.m. on APTN. And that leads into also a special episode 12 featuring our very own Krista Couture from right here on Element FM at 8.30. So uh, that's Amplify Fridays on APTN and streaming anytime, anywhere on APTN, APTN Lumi. That is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate you do listening each and every day. I'm your host, David Moses. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.